Welcome to another episode of Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm your host, Sean Rowley, and with me as usual is Derek Specht. How are you, Derek? Hello. I'm doing good. I'm excited that uh, Hunter is joining us for the recording this evening in the studio. Yes, we have a special guest this evening. It's Hunter the Canoe Dog. <laughs> He's just sort of lounging on the chair, not doing too much, wagging the tail once in a while. Right, Hunter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Uh, another cold week out there, definitely. I think paddling season's over. Yes, the weather is getting colder. It is. Um, yeah, uh, we're going to hit up the Complete Paddler this weekend. Uh, we're heading down to the Niagara way to pick up some beverages from a couple of distilleries. Yes. And on the way back, we're going to hit the Complete Paddler and see what they have to I'm offer. I'm excited. I, we, we were uh, looking online to see what they have, and lo and behold... What we just talked about, the Oru kayak, the folding kayak, they've got a bunch in the, in their uh, showroom. Yeah. So, uh, nice to see one of those like live and in person. Yes. In the wild. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm excited about that. I want to see that. You know what? I've been wanting to go to the complete paddle. Like I say, it's way on the other side of the, of the city from us, you know? Yes. I mean, it's what, good hour I drive almost. I wouldn't normally ever go that way unless yeah. I'm passing through. Yep. Which is what we're doing. We're passing through. Yeah. And had we thought of it we should have when we went out to the canadian outdoor equipment store a uh, company store it's 10 minutes from there we could have killed it's two birds close, eh? it is yeah oh uh, sorry 11 minutes i <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotta be accurate uh yeah you know what we should have never even thought about yeah. it yeah it's just one of those things we we're so excited to go and look at uh, uh reflector ovens and uh, and whatnot that totally forgot to look to see what else was in the area mm-hmm. but yeah the complete paddlers there and we're gonna go check that out and uh, see what uh, they have to offer us do you know what I'm also uh, excited about the Complete Paddler? What? I've I've had a cedar canvas over cedar strip canoe. It's a 1954 Peterborough canoe built in Peterborough, Ontario, and I've been putting off getting it refinished. It's going to cost me about two thousand dollars to get it redone, and I just like oh. <laughs> so it's one of those things that I have sitting in storage, and it's just like I don't want to use it. I want to get it redone, and well, lo and behold, Complete Paddler has refurbished and redone canvas over cedar strip canoes. Hmm. Maybe I could trade it in and, and you know, I could, uh, upgrade and save money on redoing mine. I know the perfect way you can save yourself $2,000 on that canoe. <laughs> Give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, save me money. What else do you want? <laughs> yes. <laughs> just let me know and I'll have the garage door open and we can just slide that bad boy right in there. Save you two grand. Your wife will be happy. Yes, yes, yes. She'll be ecstatic. <laughs> we did use it once. We had it out paddling once just to try it out. And, uh, but I didn't want to use it too much because, uh, the canvas is old and, uh, it, it, but other than the canvas being old and maybe a little bit porous, the canoe is in really good shape. The ribs are all uh, fine yep. and... everything's there. There's no cracks or breaks or anything like that. It's in fantastic shape, but boy, is it heavy. I don't think I'd want to portage it. Well, and that's, that's the whole problem with those is they, they are heavier. And, mm-hmm. and from what I understand is you, you're going, they'll, they soak up the water, you're... Well, you know. if it's decently painted, like the can, the canvas... Uh, is painted. It's a hunter green type of, uh, mm-hmm. color. And, uh, so it's, it's very waterproof, but if you, I suppose if you've got water on the inside, it's going to layer in between the canvas and the cedar, yeah. get in between the cedar planks and things would swell You'll up. You'll end up again. with the rot too that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what, uh, I know there's, there's people I've talked to about refinishing and refurbishing cedar, uh, canoes, be them just cedar strip or canvas. Uh, and that's a lot of them end up with the rot and it's all in places you can't see. Yeah. So it's some, sometimes repairs on these things. And I was warned, I talked to a couple of people, Bear Mountain Boats was one of the places I talked to and he was booking two years out on refurbishing canoes like that. So I was like, well, okay, I'll wait. <laughs> yeah. It's not a, it's not a quick and easy process no. that's for sure. But yeah, it, it can, I mean, once you get that canvas off and you're thinking that's all you got to do is throw another layer of canvas on and you see what's underneath. There might be some repairs. You may end up just saying, Pfft, not going to be worth it. Yes, exactly. You know, so might be, uh, you know. But sometimes like these old canoes, uh, this cedar over canvas or this canvas over cedar, it's, uh, I think it could be worth it, uh, to have them refurbished and redone because they're a beautiful craft when they're in top shape, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, uh, if you can get one and, you know, get your hands on one and get it all done, then you'll use it forever. 
Yeah, I remember uh, we did an Algonquin Adventures outing. It was a spring trip or something like that. And one of the guys there, he he had a canvas over cedar stripper. Was it the green one? Was it yes. Swede? Yes, Swedish Pimple. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he goes by the name Swedish Pimple. Yeah. We call him Swede. Yeah. Uh, we went to, I want to say Bice Lake. Is it Bice or Porcupine and Ragged? Um, and he brought that. I've got some nice pictures of it, actually. Uh, I had an art show, and, and uh, one of the uh, photos I exhibited was actually his canoe on a nice rock island. Oh, okay. And, oh, yeah, beautiful thing. Yeah. Beautiful. He, he had it refinished. He took it into a guy, and it was, like, uh, completely taken apart and restored. And uh, the guy did a fantastic job of restoring Swede's uh, canoe. It looks so beautiful. I think it was so his dad's originally, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. remember the details. Yeah, it's quite old anyway. It, uh, but, uh, be, yeah, beautiful canoe. Yeah. And you just watched him paddle, and it was, like, effortless. Yeah. Just nice, really nice. But, yeah, if you can get a, a cedar cedar strip or a canvas cedar... Um, in decent condition. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful to to use. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, so we'll go there and we'll see what they've got to offer at the, the, uh, complete paddler there and, um, yeah, see what's, what's up. Take a look at the Oru kayak. Yeah. How exciting is that? Well, like I say, it's one of those things that is really cool. It's a cool idea. It's really neat to see it. But when, unless you got the money to burn. Yeah. I, do, I really it's, don't it's, know if I'd get one. Oh, no, I don't think I would either. But I'd like to demo it. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the price and the cost, it's it's not something that I would use every day. And if if I was going to be doing crossing on Gava Peninsula, if I was going to do Bank, we were going to do Banks Island or something like that, if we had a specific reason to buy a folding kayak where, where part of it was a flight and you can't bring more than one uh, full size solid canoe, then, then it might be worth the expense to do that. Maybe rent one mm-hmm. or buy one, but it's not, I don't think it's something that we would just go out and buy. Like, like we talked about earlier, this is something, uh, an urban use, somebody lives downtown Chicago, Toronto, whatever, right? Yeah. And you want to go out in the Harbor and, and you have a condo, but otherwise, like for me and you, it doesn't make sense to purchase one. No, or, or the, uh, the canal through Ottawa. Yeah, uh, you know, do yeah, a nice day trip exactly. through uh, through Ottawa sort yeah. of thing, but uh, yeah, it it, it, do, it doesn't make sense to it's a niche for what market. we do exactly. Right? It's a niche market, and we don't really fit into that niche. Yeah, um, but the niche we do fit into something else <laughs> that <laughs> I was googling over Segway. the the internet there, Parks Canada. Now, if you haven't heard oh, about yes. this yet, yes, yes. 2017 is Canada's 150th birthday. Yes. Happy birthday. So Parks Canada is giving away free parks pass for all the year, for everybody. All you got to do is go online and order one or two or three or four or 20. Um, Order And yeah, it's free admission for the entire year to Parks Canada's places from coast to coast to coast. Yeah, because we got three coasts. Yes. So it's uh, it's unlimited opportunities to enjoy national parks, national marine conservation areas, and national historic sites across the country. So these are national sites. So yeah, it's this not is, like Ontario parks. Or yeah, parks it won't Ontario be Algonquin or Park or anything like that. It'll be no. national parks, yep. like Jasper National Park and, and whatnot. Right? Well, if, if we're looking close to Toronto, you're looking at Beausoleil Island National Historic Site up in Georgian Bay, the Bruce Peninsula National Park. Uh, Fathom 5 National Marine Park, all again, way up there in Georgian Bay, Georgian Bay Islands National Park, Lake Superior National Marine Conservation Area. Now, do you think this will include free camping or is it just free entry to the park? Just free entry. Uh, the Discovery Pass, which it's too, called, isn't it? is only accepted at national historic sites, which are operated by Parks Canada. Okay. Activities such as tours or parking are normally carry a separate fee and may not be covered by the discovery pass. Uh, camping fees are not included. Okay. So you still have to pay for camping. Yeah. You can't pay for your campsites, but entry to the park, if you're going to do uh, a day trip or day trip, a hike walking, or whatever, hiking, yeah. whatever, then. But if they got tours yeah. and stuff like that, that's probably going to be extra anyway. Yeah. So, um. So you're saving some money and it gives you an excuse to get out. It's, uh, there's yeah. a lot of these things like, for everybody, there's you know, cost is a limiting factor. Yep. 
and uh, availability is a limiting factor. But, you know, if, if you're off visiting somewhere and there's some national historic sites or whatever in your area, it's free. If you go to pc.gc.ca, so basically Parks Canada, yeah, Google Government Parks Canada, Canada, Canada yeah. um, pc.gc.ca, they got all the information there about ordering the pass online and they'll mail it to you. But there's also a find a national park and you can put in any province. And if you're just looking for the parks, if you're looking for the historic sites, if you're looking for the marine conservation areas, there's little boxes to click. Um, and they'll show everything that's in the province you're looking at. Huh. Uh, if you go to Nova Scotia, you see the Kejimkujik, um Park. And that's yeah. a big paddle in... Uh, yes. Canoeing, canoe tripping park. It's funny. I'm a maritimer and I've never been to it. <laughs> oh, we, we stopped, we did uh, the, a tour of Nova Scotia a few years ago. And, um, that was one of the spots I wanted to hit was ch- to, to go check it out. And there's a little, uh, right at the, at the, um, main building, there's a little trail that you can follow and they tell you about the park and stuff like that. And the one thing I didn't like about it, however, was they were saying, if you go in and you're camping, they usually have rangers that come in every day and check on you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I wouldn't want that. No. No. I mean, I, you know, when you're, you're talking to somebody that goes out for two weeks at a time and yeah. doesn't see a soul and is happy with that, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, other people may be quite happy having somebody check in on them, but, uh, yeah. um, yeah. So lots of places across Canada to check out for free. So yeah, get your free parks pass for 2017. And if, if, even if you don't use it, it's nice memento to, uh, hold on to, to celebrate Canada's 150th birthday anyway. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, going to check, going to check that out. I've already got mine on uh, order. So I should get those. They, I don't think they're starting to mail them out till mid December. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ordered two of them myself, one for each vehicle. Yeah. Which is, no, you normally you'd order one because they cost a, a pretty penny. But if you, uh, in this case, I, I decided to get two of them, mm-hmm. one for each vehicle, right? They're free. Well, that way, you know what? If you're, I mean, sometimes we'll be going to places. I mean, there's, there's the four of us. So there's four of us in the vehicle. Yeah. And if we're going somewhere as a family and you, then you say, Hey, you know, you get friends, they want to come. You got to take two vehicles. Yeah. So then everybody's paying for it. Well, now exactly. it's going to be more, people are going to say, well, if it's free, then let's all go. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And then, yeah, I think it'll get, it'll get some people out, uh, that usually don't get out because of the money issues. Yeah. So yeah, got mine on order and, uh, can't wait to, uh, can't wait to get it and use it in 2017. Uh, what else, Derek? We were talking about, for lack of a better term, hacks. Yes. Camping hacks. Camping hacks and, uh. Things that you do to, uh. If there's a, a task that you have to do and you want to make it simpler, you want to make it easier. If there's something that you do normally uh, to, who knows, like starting a fire or storing stuff or carrying something yep. or a certain way to do something that is a shortcut. It's just yeah, makes make things, things easier. easier. Yeah. So let's just start with one we've talked about before. Yeah, we have mentioned this one. Duct tape. Wrap some duct tape around your Nalgene bottle. Yes. So you don't have to take the whole because, roll of duct tape. <laughs> and you know what I found recently? Like th- this is something, this duct tape around the Nalgene bottle. I've done that. I have, yeah. I have uh, tarp repair tape and duct tape wrapped around my, uh, the, the, my Nalgene bottle that I usually put uh, trail mix and stuff yeah. in. So it, it's not something that gets wet. It's just something that's always dry. And, but what I discovered this year, and I, I just bought a couple of rolls of it. It's, uh, they're flat pack duct tape rolls. They look like, uh. It looks like a, uh, elongated deck of cards type thing, but, uh, in various colors at Lee Valley, Lee Valley tools, and they sell these duct tape flats. So it's pretty cool. It's like 15 meters of duct tape on this little chiclet of, uh, like a little disc, right? It's, uh, it's kind of neat. It's, it's a neat way to store it. It carries easily. It's, it's small. And it's not a big bulky yeah. thing. Well, with the duct tape around the Nalgene, you can also wrap different colors. Yes. Of duct tape because they sell them in different colors. Yeah. Exactly. So if you needed, uh, if you had a yellow canoe and you wanted to repair it with yellow duct tape, then you got some yellow duct tape. you don't want that nice, <laughs> yeah, that'd be color coordinated. <laughs> or if you want to, you know, people not to see your canoe and, yep. or see the patch, then you get a camouflage uh, duct tape on it and then they can't see the repair. Now, 
one of the things everybody tends to bring that with them right camping. Over your head. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it didn't go over my head. <laughs> You're ignoring it's it. Like, is that bad? It's like my wife. I just can <laughs> sort of ignore things. I just go right past <laughs> that. <laughs> um, one thing everybody else brings on their camping trips and whatnot, and even if it's a day trip and you got your, your stove and that with you, is a lighter. You can wrap a few feet of duct tape around a Bic lighter. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah. Neither did I. That's why I'm mentioning it. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of our hacks. That's a new one. So yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a lighter in my life vest. Um, I've got you know as long as well as the uh, the flint and steel, um, but I've got a lighter in my cooking gear. So if I threw some duct tape on there, there's just that little bit of extra duct tape that yep. you know you're not having to bring the big thing. The next hack. I've never even thought about, and I don't know why, straws. Really? You bring straws? Straws. <laughs> you use a knife, or uh, not a knife, a, a lighter. Yeah. Cut the straw down the length. Yeah. The one end of the straw. So just like a swizzle stick. Just like it's a swizzle like stick or a pixie the, stick, whatever you want to call stick. them. Yeah. So you've got, you name it, you stick inside the straw, the seal of both ends, like you heat it up, squeeze it shut, and it seals watertight. Yep. Yeah, so if your your kitchen kit, if you want different types of spices, yeah, you just fill a straw, like a half a straw or, or smallest piece of straw or whatever. Yeah. Seal one end, fill it with the spice, seal the other end, yeah. and you got a little container, little single use of spice, spice for like steak spice or yeah. salt and pepper or some basil or whatever you plan on cooking with curry you can, or yeah, it would work with liquids too. So if you wanted to, like uh, this thing here, I never really thought of that, but you could. Uh, you could squirt into the straw like uh, some kind of ointment or burn cream or, yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, polysporin. Yeah. Polysporin. Yeah. Toothpaste. So rather than bringing a whole thing of polysporin. Yeah. So if you wanted a really tiny, quick uh, kit, if say if you're, you know, doing whitewater uh, kayaking or something, and you're just going to keep it in your uh, in your pouch or something on you, mm -hmm. then you have something that's small and compact and tidy, right? It's whatever or if you're camping it's spices if you want to just you know like uh, i'm going to add some salt and pepper or whatever then you get in this little waterproof tube yeah it's a pretty fantastic neat. never idea. thought of it i don't know yeah. why uh fire starters this one's cool bring a pencil sharpener to make tinder for a fire yeah and we're so, not talking uh, pencils here you were talking a twig a twig a Grab dry a twig, twig from put the it beach. in yeah and spin it and it it Strips it like a str uh, like a pencil. Yeah, you get and you use all those shavings <laughs> to start your fire. Idea. And I'm thinking, yeah. okay, well, somebody's using their old smarticle particles on that one. Um, then there's the cotton pads dipped in wax. Yep, um, I've easy seen that. for yeah for for starting fires. Cotton balls covered in Vaseline, which we talked about. Now I didn't think that Vaseline was flammable, but it's a petroleum jelly. It would yep. have to be flammable. Yep, I've and never tried to burn it before. I guess. Yeah, well, apparently it's supposed to be good. Um, now this one here, dryer lint stuffed in a toilet paper roll. Now the, the dryer lint thing, me and my wife have been collecting dryer lint for about a year now. We're planning on making you our own You need to get out more. No, we're <laughs> 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 no, well, you go to the campgrounds and they have, uh, they have these dryer lint fire starters. So it's like, uh, it's the paper egg carton mm -hmm. and they stick dryer lint into each of the pockets, fill it up with wax. And, and either is, it's dryer lint and wood chips and wood shavings and wax. Yeah. And the, the egg crate itself, it acts like the wick and the thing burns for quite a while. And you pay like three or $4 for these at a campground. It's like, I can make that. Well, that's, you know what? I mean, you go to, I don't, no, I'm not telling you to go to Burger King and McDonald's and start taking their ketchup containers, but you can get those little white yes. containers at places. Absolutely. Yeah. And you fill them with sawdust from your workbench. Yeah. And some paraffin wax. Yeah. And there's your fire starter yeah, sort of thing, off. right? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, the dryer lint stuffed into a toilet paper roll. Really lightweight and doesn't yes. matter if it gets squished or not. Yeah, exactly. Right? You're, You're just going to burn yeah. it. Yeah. So there's your fire starters for you. And like I say, with the pencil sharpener, that's kind of cool because that's just really easy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one that I know I've used, I know you've used. Yes. On a tarp, if the grommet's broken or whatever, you put a rock in and you tie... The rope around the, string, the rock, around, around the, the rock. So the, the rock acts as anchor point. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I've done this a couple yeah. times in the past where either the rope or whatever, the wind has ripped the the, the brass grommet out of the tarp. And, like, I, I kind of like to use these cheap tarps because who wants to bring, you know, some, yeah. some of these $200 tarps into the backcountry when when you're planning on, uh, you know, getting things things wrecked in the first place. Well, and these ones, you don't care if you, you yeah. put it over a fire on a rainy day and the sparks start blowing exactly. holes in it, right? Exactly. You don't, you don't really care. Um, pack a mini first aid kit into an old prescription bottle or an Altoids tin. So, you know, get those little metal tins, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you can, that'll hold the, well, if you use the ointment in a straw. Exactly. You know, a couple of band-aids and stuff like that will fit in there. And that just fits right in your PFD. So that's really good if you're going out for a paddle for the day and you're not bringing your big safety. Exactly. Your first aid kit. Or, or even on a big trip, like you may have your kit and gear in a bag or a backpack. If you get turned over in the stream, you'll have this little first aid kit with you in your life jacket. Because if you're on the water, or if you're in white water or whatever, you're always going to have your life jacket on. So you have this quick access little little kit of uh, first aid stuff so you can do stitches or you can do something for burns or whatever. It's yeah. something that's ready, easy access, and you're always going to have it on you. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I never had pockets on my PFD till a few years back when I bought my new one. All, all and it's decent. got pockets up the wing yeah. wang and... Like oh. the, the cheapo Canadian tire, whatever, life jackets for like water skiing and stuff like that, they never have pockets. But if you buy a decent, proper life jacket for canoeing and whitewater kayaking, whitewater canoeing, yeah, there's tons of pockets. It's like snack pockets, uh, you know, the, everything they've got. Mine has uh, two big pockets on the, on the chest of the life jacket. Yeah, I've got the few pockets there and it's fantastic. Uh, the next one, which is a bit of a surprise... Bread bag tags <laughs> as clothespins. When you told me about this, it's just like a light went off. It's like, oh, I never thought of that. It is a great I mean, idea. You, you have the, the the rope you bring to stretch and then you just yep. drape stuff over, right? And, and how, you're always having to fix it because something's not getting yep. dried. And how tiny is a, is a bread tag? Yeah. So you just put it like as if it was a proper clothespin, yep. but then you just clip that on and it, and it holds. Yeah. Saw that one. I'm it's just thinking. It's a fantastic thinking, idea. Somebody, has, this must be the same guy that thought of the pencil sharpener. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one here, I, I like. If you don't, like one of my tents does not have a very big vestibule on it. Oh, that's why right? you'd use it. Yeah, so see, yeah. you bring your shoes in at night and you know, you always get the pine needles and the dirt in the bottom of your tent. Yeah. Get a clear shower cap, one of those cheapy ones that, you know, you put on and there's a string to tighten sort of thing. Put your shoes in that and then bring that into the tent. Mm -hmm. And it keeps all... Keeps the dirt. All the and dirt and the pine, pine needles, needles and that in the, the shower exactly. cap and not all over the place. And your shoe, you still have easy access to your shoes. Yep. Yeah. Right? So that one's a pretty neat one. Now we talked about coffee yes. and the different ways to make coffee. I like the next one. You take your coffee filter and you put your coffee in it and then you close it up and you tie, use dental floss or really small string and you tie it closed. Yeah. And then you just throw that in your pot of boiling water and let it float around like a giant tea bag. Yeah. So you have no grinds in your, in your cowboy coffee. You uh, have basically a large tea bag, but a coffee bag. It's like, it's perfect. It's you make your coffee and you don't have the grinds to, to have to deal with. Yeah, and yeah, you just pick that out and let it dry and put it in the fire, yep. let it burn, or it's perfect, or whatever. Take it out, whichever you're, wherever you're, uh, whatever you're doing. But uh, yeah, so easy peasy. And then if you know you're going out for two days and you got two of them ready made, yeah, because <laughs> you make yeah. them at home before you go. Ziploc right? bag of all these little uh, morning coffee yeah. kits. Yep, and you do it to uh, whatever size your your kettle is, or your, yep. your your pot. Um, then black. Binder clips. I also know them as bulldog clips. Okay, yeah. You know, yep. the, the, they got the two uh, silver pinchy clip parts that fold back and you push them together and or pull, squeeze them together. Yeah, it's like the, the paper clips with the big black flat ones. Yeah. Bring some of those. So if you've got wet clothes, you can hang them off your backpack and not worry about losing them. It would work so many different ways. You could use it as a clothesline. So if you hang it off the end of the tarp, if you want to hang clothes or yeah. use it to hang clothes on a line or whatever, if you had a bunch of these small clips, 
It's another, yeah, it's another good idea. These things tend to get rusty, though, so if you were going to be hanging clothes, I wouldn't be hanging anything white. Not that you'd have anything white going camping. No, but like I say, if you're if you're cruising for the day and you've got a wet shirt or something you need dried out, mm-hmm. clip these onto your backpack. It stays with your backpack. Yeah. And you don't need to worry worrying about where it's going to end up. Exactly. Right? Perfect. Um, this one I, I saw, which I'm thinking is pretty cool. And this would fit right in, again, one of your pockets of your vest. If something happens, you're stranded or whatever, you get a cork. Okay. And you wrap it with fishing line. Oh. A good length of fishing line, right? Okay. You take a couple of bait hooks and you put them into the the cork. cork. Yeah. So you got your line, you got a couple of hooks. And your floater. And your floater. (laughs) Huh? Perfect. And it fits right in your pocket. Tied on it. All you got to do is find a couple of worms or something like that, and you're good to go with fishing. It's a little survival fishing kit. Hack, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty cool one I I never thought about. And we've got a whole ton of corks upstairs because we saved them, right? But uh, yeah, and just a couple of bait hooks in there, different, a couple of different sizes maybe, and you're good good to go, isn't it? The last, well, I've got two last ones. They're not really hacks, but... When we go camping on our backcountry trips and everybody brings their coffee, what's the one thing everybody brings to go with their coffee in the mornings? Milk. Oh, yeah. Milk. <laughs> yeah. Spelt Bailey's. <laughs> and I don't know what it is about, but everybody brings the Bailey's. Well, I think one of the main reasons is that it lasts longer than milk. Isn't that the reason we sure. you'd bring it? Sure. <laughs> like it lasts longer. <laughs> Who are you kidding? <laughs> Apparently you forget who we go canoeing with. <laughs> so everybody's got the Baileys. When you're sitting around the fire at night and you want to do some marshmallows, when the marshmallow gets nice and toasty, dip it in the Baileys. Perfect. Oh, so good. I've never tried it. Oh, Have you done it? Oh, so good. Yeah. yeah. Really good. And marshmallows, again, it doesn't matter if they get squished, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, one other one that I've, I've done, and I saw this on it, and again, if I see something like that on the internet, I'm trying it. And we've done it almost every camping trip we've gone on. Yeah. You get strawberries and marshmallow fluff. I've done this. You put the it marshmallow, so or sorry, the uh, the strawberry on the stick. Yeah. You cover it marshmallow fluff. Yeah. And you roast it like a marshmallow. Yeah. And when the marshmallow fluff is all nice and brown and good, the inside of the strawberries just starting to soften. Just starting to soften yeah. and go all juicy, and you pop the whole thing in your mouth. Ah, oh, yeah, it's so good, Mama. That is so good. Yeah. So, yeah, so a little hacks, list of hacks here, the duct tape, the straws, which I'm going to, yeah, yeah. While I'm at McDonald's grabbing those little ketchup containers, I might as well just scoop <laughs> these straws. Some straws too. <laughs> um, the fire starter, like I say, the pencil sharpener is pretty cool. The dryer lint, I mean, everybody's got dryer lint. If you do laundry, you've got yeah. dryer lint and you've got toilet paper rolls. And if you don't have toilet paper rolls, what are you doing? <laughs> Everybody's got paper, but yeah. toilet paper rolls at some point. Loose grommets uh, or lost a grommet. Uh, we've all all done that. The the bread clips, those are cool. That's a fantastic idea. Eh? Yeah. Uh, the shower cap, the new the the coffee filter tea bag thing, and the binder clips, and the cork with the fishing line around it. Really cool hacks. I think we'll uh, maybe list these up on our, our website. Yeah, we'll the, throw them some up. Of them. And uh, people can check them out. But yeah, really cool hacks to uh, to try. Anyway, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll totally switch gears and talk about something else. Excellent. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio. Whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. 
Welcome back. And Derek, now I want to talk about, because it's the time of year where people are putting their canoes and kayaks away, um, and then the next time they're touched will be the spring. Fall and spring tend to be the times when everybody is either, if they're looking for a change, that's when they're either yeah. selling trying to acquire, or buying Yeah, you're trying a to new acquire boat. a new boat or get rid of an old boat or make room in your fleet or add to your fleet. Now, I've always bought new canoes. I've never bought used. Um, it's just like vehicles. I prefer a brand new vehicle so I can work out my own problems. Yeah, you, you, know? you don't know what the previous owner had done to the craft. I, I don't want to inherit in somebody else's issues. But if if uh, if you're on a budget and uh, your budget is limited, then you may be... Uh, I know uh, for a fact, like uh, Marcus, he bought himself a used canoe. I think it was Algonquin Outfitters, wasn't yep. it? Yeah. It was an old rental canoe. So he got it. It looked like it was in rough shape, but he used that thing for... Oh, years. He still has it. He's like going on 15 years now. He's at Something it. like that, yeah. 12 years. And it's held up really well for him. Yeah. So it's, uh, with, with the right care and the, and the right careful use. And, and if you know the person or organization where it came from, then you can be reasonably sure that you're going to get a good craft. Yeah. And if you're on a budget or you're, like you say, a first time buyer. Then yeah, going secondhand. I mean, especially with the prices of brand new canoes these days. Yeah, secondhand steep, is probably eh? your your choice. Yeah. So I wanted to discuss um, used canoes and kayaks. I mean, we can talk about all the new brands and all the new boats that are out there till we're blue in the face. Yes. But what about a used canoe or a used kayak? First of all, first you want to do is look at the classifieds online or paper, usually online now, like eBay, Craigslist, Kijiji. Um, canoes tend to show up there in the spring and the fall, like I say. Yeah. Like so, at this time of year, people, do I really want to store this thing all winter if I want to get rid mm-hmm. of it? So they're going to try and sell it in the fall. Yeah. And you might be able to get a bit of a better deal in the fall as well. Um, outfitters, like you said, uh, many outfeller, outfitters will sell off. Yes. Old rental fleet. Old rental fleet. Right? Exactly. Because if they know that, you know, they've had them for two years and yep. they've been a lot of miles under them and, uh. Yeah, like Algonquin Outfitters. I know Algonquin Outfitters uh, has a page on their website. So if you Google them, there's actually a page and it lists all the canoes and kayaks uh, and even stand-up paddle boards, I do believe, that they've got used for sale now. Yes. Right? So you can just, yeah, you, you go, you check them out, you can call them up and say, you know, is this still available? You go check it out and hopefully you walk out with a and we just, new to you. And we just talked about Complete Paddler about 15 minutes ago. Yeah. So when we were reviewing their website, we saw that demo, uh, Oru kayak demo and uh, other demo other craft ones, yep. and rental ve- uh, rental boats and stuff like that for sale. So they've, like any, any boat shop, any paddle shack, any whatever, they're going to be getting rid of old fleet material, right? Yep. Because they want to bring in new material for next well, year. For next spring. So they, clear they're going to be, yeah, they're going to be having new demo craft for next year. They're going to get rid of the current demo craft, just like a car dealership. They're going to have demo vehicles to, that are for sale. Yeah. They want to get rid of them, bring in the new stuff. Uh, other locations you can find stuff, um, garage sales, uh, you know, different paddling communities, forums, online forums. Yes. Stuff will be listing. Absolutely. Stuff like that. Gear swaps. Uh, your local canoe club may have a, a gear day or a used canoe sale, that sort of stuff. Yeah, gear swap. Uh, I know MAC, they do about once a year, I think, or is it yep. twice a year? They do gear swaps. Yep. And so, yeah, you might you might luck out and find something there. Um, no matter what you're buying, you've got to ask questions. Yes. You don't want to be just going up somewhere, handing a guy a few hundred bucks, walking away with a canoe that... Uh, <laughs> You're going to get out in the water and end up being sitting on the bottom of the lake. <laughs> you got to ask questions. Exactly. You got to check it out. You want so, to be surprised at your purchase. Yeah. So let's get into what kind of questions you should be asking. Uh, the first, one of the most important questions, how and where has the canoe or kayak been stored? And you may think, well, who cares how it was stored? But actually it matters. It matters a lot how the individual store their canoe. If it's just thrown in their backyard into the back corner of a yard and it just sitting all willy-nilly, it's, you're talking 
like the the worst part is sun damage. Yeah. Or if it was sitting on the ground badly, it could uh, it could warp the hull. It, like you have to be careful and you have to be cognizant of how the craft was stored. Yeah, I mean indoor storage is preferable, but outdoor, Absolutely. you know, you got to do it. Um, like a canoe yeah. is is best stored upside down, keep the water out of the hull itself. And uh, if it's sitting on its gunnels, then that's the strongest part. It's the less chance of least chance of warping the hull. Yeah, and you know if it's in direct sun all the time, yeah, the gel the that's gel gonna coat's gonna you know gonna bleach could cause warps in the plastic hulls of some of the canoes or kayaks that sort of thing. That's gonna I mean it's definitely gonna bring down the value of it. Yeah, like um, the heating and cooling cycles or the UV damage. It's it, that's death of a craft. Yeah, and you don't you don't want to be buying something that's not going to be uh, seaworthy once you get it out of the yeah. water. You know, I mean, because at that point you're taking your your own safety into uh, account. Yeah, you know. Uh, another question you want to ask: How old is the canoe? You know, you, if if you got something that's been sitting around for twenty five years and not been used for nineteen years. <laughs> Uh, you know, my neighbor has a canoe that sits on the side of his shed. It's, I can see it from my yard every single day. It just sits there in full sun. It's got a nice little black layer of black mold or whatever growth on it. Last time I recall him using it was about eight or 10 years ago. It just sits there. It's, it's stored upright correctly, but it's in the sunlight. Yeah. It's a, it's a fiberglass hull. So it's a little bit heavy anyways, but last time I saw him go paddling, he, uh, it was about eight or 10 years ago. Yeah. So you want to, you want to see, you know, how old is it? You don't want to buy yeah. something that's too old, you know? Yeah. His canoe is not going to be a good purchase. Yeah. Get something that's, you know, within a few years, at least, you know, five years. Um, another question, have you done any repairs on it? Especially yes. if it's an older one. Yeah. Um, I had to repair a big hole in the hull. Yeah, and what? Yeah, what exactly did you yeah. have to fix? It's like some repairs may not be obvious. If if they had to do gunnel repairs or or they had to do some fiberglass work or whatever, yeah. you know, if there's the glazing's cracked and they had to reseal it, like that's these things are that you're going to want to know. Like if they if they took their Kevlar canoe whitewater canoe, canoeing, it's like you'd like to know that, right? If they've had to uh, patch up any uh, rock holes or yeah, whatever, if they've wrapped it around a rock or something, yeah. Uh, and an obvious one, why are you selling the canoe? Yes. Right. Uh, do you not like your kayak anymore? Well, I mean, there could be a ton of reasons why they're selling it. Yep. Um, you know, they've got kids now and they need yeah. a, a new canoe or, you know, they need something, they need to move from a kayak into a canoe because they got, you know, kids yeah. or whatever. They got a, a, a canoe dog <laughs> and they got to get rid of their kayak yeah. Now, let's be honest, a seller is not always going to be honest, but yeah. you can read between the lines of how they respond to your questions. If if they're evasive or if they sort of avoid the question, then then maybe that should uh, turn on a red light or light the light bulb in your head saying, oh, I should be asking a few extra questions. Yeah. Now, you don't want to be insulting the guy or whatever, but, you know, probe around, ask the right questions, and, and maybe you're going to glean some information that uh, hints at possible damage or or the fact that they say, oh, it's always been stored in my garage up in the proper way and it's a brand new canoe and haven't really used it. And you look at it, the gel coat looks fantastic. And maybe you're getting one of these jewels in the rough that uh, just has to be polished and you got a fantastic boat. Or yep. you're going to get a dud. One of the two. And that's why you got to ask questions. You got to kind of finesse it out. If it's a canoe, especially, um, and you're, you know, you're looking... You're gonna you're gonna buy a canoe or kayak that fits what you're looking for. If you're yes. looking to do whitewater, you know you're gonna get a whitewater kayak. Or if you're looking to do in touring kayaking, you're gonna get a total different style. Yeah. If you're looking at a canoe that you know you want to go on portage trips, you're gonna you're not gonna get something that's 500 pounds. Yes, you know, absolutely. You know. So if if you're looking, you know, ask, you know, what kind of trips have you done with this canoe? Or what kind of touring have you done in this kayak? Whatever it is. Um, you can sort of get a sense of, uh, you know, what the canoes seem, um, how far they've taken it, how, what kind of adventures they've had in it, and, and that sort of deal. You know, if you, if you got a touring kayak that they've only paddled up and down the river, well, yeah. you know. It should be in great shape. Uh, if they've, if you've got a, a, uh, like a prospector or something that they've 
only done white water in. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's going to give you a, a bit of a, a clue. So yes. you've definitely got to ask the questions. It's just like buying a car. You yeah. know, you're, you're not going to go into a car dealership and say, I like that blue one. Give me the blue one. Yes. You're going to ask questions about the blue one. Yeah. You know, um, where it came from, where it's been, how many kilometers are on it. You know, can I look under the hood, kick the tires? You're going to do, you got to do the exact same thing when you're buying a used boat. Yeah. Uh, doesn't matter what it is. You've got to ask the questions. The other thing that some people may not be happy with because it's just not feasible, but you, if you if you can do it, definitely do it. A test paddle. Um, this is more likely when you're buying it from like a, an outfitter or something. Like Algonquin yeah. Outfitters, they got the, the water right behind. They're right on the water. Can yeah. I go for a quick paddle? This is usually not a problem, right? But yeah. if you're with if you're in the inner city somewhere or an urban landscape and it's like, you know, the guy's not going to let you throw it on the roof of your car and head off to the lake because he doesn't know if he's going to get his canoe back. Right. So hopefully he's going to be nice enough to bring it down to the lake for you. Yes. Um, but if you do have the opportunity to test paddle a canoe or a kayak, test paddle it on how you're going to use it. Meaning if you're looking to buy a canoe that you can do portage trips, Bring some gear with you that you're probably going to take on a canoe trip. Yeah. Throw it in the canoe with you and off you go. Or at the very least, just portage the canoe, carry it. Yep. Portage the canoe. And if you're planning on doing a tandem paddle, then either go with the guy you're buying it from or you bring your significant other and go for the two years, go for a quick paddle to see how it handles with two two people up in it. If you're looking for a whitewater canoe. Yes. Then you got to test it in some rapids, especially, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's huge. That to me is huge. Yes. I, I would not buy a canoe that I'm looking at to do white water without being But you could first. also, knowing the, what the craft design and the manufacturer, you could always read reviews online to see if people have talked about that this is a, tends to be an unstable boat or if it's a stable boat or, you know, people might say this is a, this is a tough canoe and whatever people, the people have online reviews. So if you can't, I, I really doubt somebody's going to let you take their canoe and go whitewater canoeing with it just to test it out. It's I tell them to come with me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but chances are you'd be able to find a review online of how somebody's paddled it and says, oh, this is a fantastic whitewater canoe. It's very stable for beginners or... Or it responsive for people with a lot of experience. It, you yeah. Know, you got to read if, if you don't have the opportunity to actually test it yourself. Yes. Then yeah, you, you got to find other means. Um, you know, and then yeah, when you're, when you're testing it, keep an eye out for leaks, sit in the seats, test the yoke and everything, you know, look for oil canning in a canoe, all that sort of stuff. Uh, just make sure that, yeah, when you're actually paddling it, it is up to, up to specs. Uh, there is some damage that you're going to see to a canoe or a kayak that realistically isn't a massively big deal. Yes. Canoes, especially tripping canoes, they're going to get scratched and, and you know, they're going to get dirty and they're going to get manhandled because that's that's what happens. Yeah, somebody might have slapped on a new pair of, of uh, strike plates on the, on the bow and stern for when mm-hmm. they come ashore. You know, stuff like that. You're going to expect some aftermarket work and whatever. Yeah, I mean, you can you can repaint it, re-canvas it, like you're saying with your your cedar. Uh, add new skid plates to it. Yep. You know, redo some of the wood, the gunnels, and the the uh, the uh, yoke, and and all that sort of stuff. Some new seats. I mean, yeah, I mean that, that's not a big deal. It's it's not too expensive to do all that. Um, some scratches, you can just do a you know a quick paint job over, or, you know, one little gel coat sort of thing. And go from there, uh, make it look newer, that sort of thing. You're you're buying a used boat is going to look used. It's not going to look shiny and new without a a mark on it. Yeah. If that's what you're looking for, then a used boat is not for you. And and even if like uh, there's a few things you want to look for in a kayak as well. Like usually if you can't hit the water in a kayak, at least you can. Uh, if the guy has a lawn or something, it's it's easy enough to sit inside the kayak on the guy's lawn. Yes. And test out the foot pedals. If it's got a steerable rudder, then test that out. To test the running gear. Does the uh, does the rudder pull up and down properly when you pull the uh, pull the bungee that uh, pops up and down. You know, you check the seat. Is the seat properly attached to the hull 
inside the kayak. There's all kinds of things that you're going to want to look for. If you're experienced with kayaks, then you're going to know what to look for. But those of you who are maybe getting into uh, into a new kayak, maybe you want to get into a, a sea kayak or something that's uh, not maybe whitewater. But if it's a whitewater kayak, check the flotation bags and stuff like that. Make sure that everything is in running order. Because the last thing you want to do is start having to go through the trouble and re-kitting out an entire craft because somebody's gutted out all the flotation bags. You get new flotation bags. Because usually if, if you're getting a whitewater kayak, hopefully the guy's going to throw in the flotation bags because mm-hmm. you don't want to be having to hunt down stuff like that yourself. And if it does have flotation bags, ask the guy, hey, does these things hold air? Do they leak? And maybe he'll say, oh, they're they're rock solid. Or maybe he'll say, yeah, after a couple hours, the flotation bags deflate. Because, you know, that's just one of the things that flotation bags don't last forever. Yeah. Well, when you go to somebody and, and you're going to buy it, um, there's a couple things you want to look for. Watch how they handle the canoe or yes. the kayak. Yeah, when they're they're pulling it out, you know, like if they're if you if they are taking it down to let you try it out, watch how they handle it. If they're if they're handling it carefully, thinking, well, it's still mine. I'm still gonna, you know, it's not necessarily for sale. That you can sort of say, you know, that's how they're they take care of it. Yeah, you know, if if even they're looking to sell it and they're still handling it nicely yep. and making sure there's no extra scratches and all that. They pretty good bet that's how they did it all the time. Yes. And the way they handle it too, like there's uh, like somebody might handle a, a watercraft gently because it's their watercraft or they may handle it gently because you're watching them. Mm-hmm. But there's just the way if you if you're experienced yourself with uh, watercraft then just watching how they handle it, you can tell if they're experienced themselves. Maybe they're just selling it for a relative and they don't know anything about it and they're just selling you a line and just to get rid of the watercraft, right? You don't know. Maybe the guy's selling his wife's uh, kayak and he just wants to get rid of it. He's never used one before. You can see how a person handles, the way they grab it, how they grab it. It, it just kind of indicates what how they're used to handling a boat and it gives you an idea of how their, their honesty level in selling you a craft. Yeah, and when you're looking at it, you know, watch for signs um, that the boat doesn't flex too too readily. Uh, look for deep gouges and any spots that looks like it may have been punched back out. Yes, because you know you know they've wrapped it on a rock at that point <laughs> or right? something. Yeah, um, any cracks whatsoever, just walk away from it. Yeah. You know, you, you, you don't want to inherit somebody else's problems. And we're not talking just like cracks in the glazing or whatever. We're talking like a through crack. Deep. If you can, if you, if it's a, uh, let's say it's a, it's a Kevlar boat, whether it's a kayak or canoe, if you see some sort of indentation, push from the outside and look at the inside and see if you can see any fiber flex. And that means the guy has, has whacked it off a rock and it's any through damage on Kevlar or whatever, that's something to watch out for because that's, that craft can't really be trusted unless it has, goes through a major repair. Exactly. So, you know what, just to, to sort of close it here is when you are looking at the canoe or kayak, if you're able to wash it inside and out, Give it yes. a good, give it a good spray. That usually reveals Get a lot the of sand, the dirt, and all that off of it. And yeah, that'll that'll show some of the cracks and the flaws. Yeah. Kayak, check the gaskets on hatches. Um, spray with a hose to check for water tightness. Look for corrosion of bolts with fashion down deck fittings. Uh, they can be replaced, but um, elastic deck lines deteriorate with age and exposure to sun, so yes. they may need to be replacing replaced. Grab loop cords, they may need to be replaced. Gouges, surface cracks can be repaired with uh, epoxy gel coat repair kits, which you can get anywhere, uh, marine stores and stuff. Uh, even a good uh, marine wax, that may be all it needs. Uh, check the cockpit for uh, cracks and jagged edges. Uh, again, these could just be repaired quickly or it could be a lot more. Look for worn and frayed cables if the kayak has a rudder. Yeah, and that you got to get right in there to check that out. Yes. Uh, check the mechanical parts and fastenings. Uh, and if the kayak's made or the canoe is made by a manufacturer still in business, replacement parts will be easy to get, right? So you don't want something that's going to be too hard to uh yeah, if fix. it's if it's like ten years out of manufacture, then you're going to be looking for some sort of like for like replacement. Uh, you're not going to find original manufacturer stuff. Exactly. So now's the time. Go start your search, and hopefully, come spring, 
you'll have yourself a new canoe or a, or a kayak. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio, whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. Uh, I would like to thank our special guest, Hunter, our canoe tripping dog. The snoring dog. Yeah, apparently he found us kind of boring this evening. <laughs> we, uh, we kept having to wake <laughs> him up to stop him from snoring as we're recording. Ah, he's an old guy. What can you do? He's, he's moving on in his years. Yeah. Here's a test for everybody. Listen closely for the dog snoring. Replay back. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the meantime, go online. Find us at uh, on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. And you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. I'd like to thank everybody uh, for listening again uh, again this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>